Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Chris Johnson. Now, I came across Chris on TikTok and uh, was really, uh, well, inspired and both touched by some of the things that he had to talk about. Chris was openly talking about a very personal loss that he has gone through and, and not in the, the too far past either. Um, and to say that he bared his soul about some of the things that, that had gone on in his life uh, might even be an understatement. So I am very pleased to have Chris here today. We're going to talk about his story, what he's gone through, and how he's working on being focused on forward each and every day, even amidst the, the tough loss that he's gone through. So Chris, thank you for being a part of our show, and thank you for being here on Focused on Forward. And thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm very excited, very honored to have you here today. Um, so what I'd like to do, Chris, is, is turn the floor over to you. I know this is your first time on a podcast. Uh, we're happy to have you here, but if you could, please share your story with us about yourself, your wife, and your family. All right. Fair enough. Um, let me start out with how I met my beautiful Wendy first off. Yes, please do. Uh, yes. So um, I had a very bad divorce um, about in South Carolina with a, with an ex, of course. And I got tired of being where I was at. So I made the decision to move to Utah, literally with $150 in my pocket, called up my parents. And I was like, you mind if I stay with you for a little bit until, you know, I can get back on my feet. So packed up everything and left to Utah when my ex took our kids to Ohio and, you know, got to talk with them, got to see them, things like that. So I showed up. And the very next day, I went to help my mom at her school. It was May 1st or 2nd, around that time, um, 2011. And little did I know that Wendy had just got hired the previous year to that school and was teaching kindergarten. And in fact, was in the cubicle or the, um, the portable behind my mom's. So, and that's how I met her. Seriously, it was like a month later. And now this is a port. I was smoking at the time. Okay. Um, then May 27th, and I'll remember this day, right? I'll never forget this. Um, I went up and asked her for her number and she gave it to me and then we left and she, you know, I helped her take some of the school stuff that she had in her classroom. And so she was changing grades, she was changing classrooms. So I took some of the stuff with her back to her house to help her. And sometime during that night, she told me, she goes, I don't kiss a smoker and I quit smoking right then. Well, there you go. Boom. Stopped. Um, continued to date, asked her to marry me <laughs> November 26th. Nice. <laughs> yep. And then we were married February 4th, 2012. Um, yeah, I had 
eight and a half years of probably one of the most perfect marriages you could ever have. We were literally relationship goals to other people. But when we went into it, we made a promise to each other. We would always communicate. We would always, even if we didn't want to do it, if the other person was adamant, we would do what the other person wanted. But we went into this not going 50-50, but 100-100. And if the other person person could not pull the 100, we pulled 150 while that person did 50. Okay. So So quick question here for you, Chris. mm -hmm. Yes. Now, clearly you had been, you said you'd been through a divorce and this was Mm -hmm. a, a second relationship for you, a second marriage. Yes. Um, had, had Wendy had a previous relationship before? Nope. Okay. The reason I ask that is that I find that many times people who have had a, a previous relationship attack it. And I say attack for a reason. They attack the relationship much like what you said that you and Wendy were doing, where there's Mm -hmm. a, a, a real appreciation for a, a, a solid marriage. So the benefit for Wendy is she watched she watched as it was happening to her brothers going through very bad relationships with no communication, no affection and stuff like that. And she okay. told herself she would never let that happen. Okay. Well, that she was do also it too. very picky. So she was very <laughs> picky about who she dated. So why she ended up with me, I have no clue. So I'm just glad she did. So yeah. But you no, know, we bought our house in the December 2012, which I am still living in. Um, okay. It's my kid's home. It's my home. It's home. I actually contemplated selling this after she passed because everywhere I looked, I saw Wendy. And I'm sure it was, just, it was a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of loneliness. Mm-hmm. So we actually moved out for about a month and I was going to sell the home and everything and then came back because it didn't feel like home. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, and, it's amazing yeah, that so, how how a building can um, become that place of safety, yeah. security. Um, it's it's where your memories are. Yeah, moved back in, and it was a totally different feeling. In fact, we moved back in a week before Christmas. Okay, and it felt like home. It felt got the kids' rooms back up. It just was everything. So yeah, I mean, and we're still here, and it's probably gonna be here for a while unless something happens so sure ah let's see so take us take us from the point of the now you you're you've um you've gotten married you're Mm -hmm. having this you've you've made this this nice relationship between yourself and wendy yep years progress talk Mm -hmm. take us a little bit through the relationship now you you mentioned the kids now are these kids that the two of you had together or are these children from your previous relationship so from my previous relationship, I have two beautiful daughters that are adults now, living great okay. lives. We talk all the time on the phone. In fact, they come out when they can. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to go out there because of the cancer with Wendy. Okay. Um, and then, as you know, with COVID over the last year. So, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, no. So when we moved into this house, Tayson so we moved into this home 2012 Tayson was born 2014 so we actually planned you know Tayson my little six-year-old and then my three-year-old here's the thing my little miss Catherine my three-year-old she is the reason why I got three more years with Wendy okay um if it wasn't for Catherine being born I probably would have lost Wendy six months after june in 2017 because Catherine is the reason we found the tumor oh wow yeah 
Um, she didn't have it when Catherine was conceived. Um, so it was fast growing colon rectal. Um, and when we found it, it was the size of a smush tennis ball. Oh my. Yeah. Um, that's how quick it went. So because of Catherine being born, we thought it was hemorrhoids, internal hemorrhoids. And that's what the doctors were saying too. They thought it was that until they went in to actually do the examination and actually start removing it. And they found the tumor. Oh, okay. So because of that, we, I, I got three more years and I made a decision the minute we found the cancer um, that I was going to do everything in my power to take advantage of every moment I had with my wife, no expense spared. So, but here's the good news. When I made that decision, the day that we found out that she had cancer, the very next day, I got the job offer for doing the job that I am doing now, which was work from home and doubled my income. And it allowed me to travel. And during the summer, it allowed me to be home with the kids. It allowed me to stay home and take care of Wendy in those last couple of months when she really started going downhill. So somebody was looking out for our family. Yeah, that's a godsend right there. That's a beautiful yep. thing. So yeah, it happened all at once. Graduated school, found out that we had cancer, and then got the job, which allowed me to, you know, have the no regrets. So yeah, and so, that's pretty much how our story to up to when we found out about cancer. Okay, so you know, you got up to the point where where you discovered cancer. Now, mm -hmm. how long how long was her battle? Three years and a month and a half, that's almost a long, to the day. That's a long time to fight cancer. Yeah. So we found the cancer in June and she passed away July 19th of 2020. No, man. Um, we did. So originally we did the um, radiation and we did the chemo treatments and then we did the surgery with the huntsman cancer uh, research center up in salt lake city which by the way is yeah very grateful to them they are one of the top cancer places mm -hmm. out there and yeah. really appreciate all of the staff the doctors everybody that worked on wendy um i got to know that place very well i'm sure very well um, anytime Wendy went in, it was usually for 10 or more days. So like you, yeah, I, I know what it's like just to come home and take care of yourself and then go back to take care of your loved one, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, then we got cancer free actually. So we had a year of a battle with the cancer and then we got cancer free for a year. Okay. And... We traveled, um, by the way, just to, after all the surgeries and stuff, my beautiful Wendy, she had a colostomy bag, okay, um, permanent colostomy bag. And she worried about it so much, but here's the thing, you know, I didn't pay attention to that because that woman was just always beautiful to me. Always but beautiful. At that point, what would it matter? Really? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. In fact, I saved a little bit more on toilet paper is how I used to joke with her. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but you and know what? Yeah. And our out-of-pocket was always met within two months afterwards. So it was like, take advantage. If you need surgeries, if you need something, let's do this, you know? No, I, I think I that's, look at it. I, I think that's a, that's a wonderful way to look at it. And the fact that, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I hope that more people would look at that 
like you do. It it doesn't matter what that is. You had you had more time with your wife, and I think that's exactly. I think that's what you you, you know you have to find the silver lining in things. Even yep. when something's bad, there has to be a silver lining. It's what helps power you through. Yeah, so we made the decision to buy a, a trailer and a truck and well, a bigger truck. I had to upgrade my truck. Um, okay. And we traveled over the summer. She taught. So we took two months and just traveled. You know, while I worked, we went, in fact, you know, we went up to Oregon and Washington State. And a little bit of it was a little bit of selfishness because I wanted to go hunt Bigfoot. <laughs> um she, she was all for it she loved all my little quirks and everything um and so yeah that's how we did that and i don't regret a single moment i don't regret any of the debt i don't regret any of it because i have these wonderful memories of and pictures and things like that that i cannot i will never give up I'll, I'll never be able to attain with her because of her passing. So honestly, the only real regret I have is I wish there was more time in the day to spend with Wendy when I appreciate we were going that. through that. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I think, so, I think that's beautiful. I, you know, um, at the end of the day, what's money, you know? And, and no, really it is. That's all it is. Um, you know, I, uh, with, with what we went through with my daughter, um, you know, I, I tell a story to, to some people about, about uh, we, we were, had come out of the ICU and we went to the hospital, to the rehabilitation hospital. Yeah. And I hadn't seen my daughter smile in weeks. <laughs> and we have this wonderful uh, foundation here in Michigan. Uh, they're called Wish Upon a Teen. And for anybody who's listening, if you want to, uh, you know, please donate to cancer. Uh, the American Cancer Society donate to the cancer hospitals that that you hear being talked about. They do, they are doing amazing work. But then there's also groups like Wish Upon a Teen, uh, who has a very special place in my heart. While we were gone off to therapy, they redecorated my daughter's room. No, oh. we came back to this beautifully decorated beach theme room, and honestly, I can't describe the amount of money I would have willingly paid for that. How much of my soul I would have willingly paid for that smile I got that day. Yeah. Um, and those are, you know, and I think about those things when I hear stories like yours, I think about these, these little things that people talk about, you know, Oh, I had to pay this much money for this. And Oh, I had to pay that much money for that. At the end of the day, money doesn't matter to me. No. You know, it's my family. My wife is what matters. My children are what matters. And I yeah. get that's the same sense from you. No, I, it is, it was, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. We had to put a little bit away. You got to set stuff aside for, oh, sure. you know, savings and, you know, the medical expenses and everything, but whatever was left over went to making sure our family spent the most, because I didn't know I only had three years at the time. I could have only had one. I could have had five or with some people who get very lucky. I could have had 20 more. Right. But I just know that the cancer that Wendy had, the likelihood of 20 more years was not high. I mean, we're talking five years was 50, 50, mm -hmm. but we caught it when the doctors finally said they called it stage three C or something like that. And I'm like, so basically stage four. So in my mind, I'm thinking I could lose her at any moment. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
So yeah, it didn't matter what was in my bank account. It didn't. And it also helped out the fact that my boss was completely understanding. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, in fact, he traveled full time in an RV anyway, because he wanted to spend more time with his family. So when I told him what I wanted to do for the summers, he was all for it. He didn't care. That's great. That's so, great yeah. that you had that kind of situation. Yeah. So how did you, knowing where you were at and knowing the uncertainty of things, uh, the uncertainty for things maybe for a lot of people might be the hardest part of, of your story. How did you plan for the uncertainty of things? Because even though your, your future is uncertain, because there's children involved, there has to be a plan in place. So what did you do to, to ready yourself for an uncertain future? Uh, so I told you money was no expense, first off. Right. So the unnecessary debt, the, the unnecessary debt, we tried to pay off. Um, once a person has cancer, you can't really do life insurance until you have three years clear of cancer. Okay. Um, but we had already, so we maxed out our work, um, insurances to the point where we could without, you know, a medical thing. Mm -hmm. Um, then we started looking to family. Um, my mom retired, um, right. She was not sure. But she had made the decision before actually um, I knew it that when the school year ended, she said, I I'm going to retire. We already knew Wendy wasn't going to make it through the summer. Um, okay. She wanted to make it to Christmas. So my mom retired to help me out with Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, her mom takes the kids on Wednesdays. Um, the support system. I'm also just so you know, I, I am LDS. Okay. Um, so I had support from the ward. Okay. Uh, a lot of people coming over dinners and stuff like that, especially when I was, uh, at my darkest time. Okay. Um, then just, she had, she has 10 brothers and sisters and they still stay in touch. We had Excellent. the plan of, because when you're widowed, it's not like you wanted your marriage to end. This was your, your, your main thing. You had planned your whole life. This is who you're going to spend your life with. This is, you've made the decision. So it's not like I chose for the marriage to end. It's not like Wendy chose for the marriage to end, you know? No, so it was, it was forced upon you. Yeah. So they're still my brother and sister-in-laws. They still claim me as, you know, they don't even call me an in-law. I'm just one of theirs. That's um, awesome. So they take the kids. I'll let and go camping with his uncle lane when they're up there scoping out for hunting season and stuff like that um Taysen goes with us to the gun range he has his own little bb gun and somebody always pulls him off to the side we rotate with that um sis goes and plays with all the female nieces and all nice. the other young nieces and everything so yeah it's a, uh, it's just amazing what they uh yeah and then we have Speaking of which, she just walked in, but an amazing person. One of my older nieces, she stays with us while she was going through school because she went to Weaver State right down the street. Okay. And she helped out as Wendy was going through. When Wendy started really getting bad, she'd help out with the kids or she'd watch the kids or she would, when I was had to leave, um, when I had to travel to Colorado for work, um, she helped her mom and, you know, with Wendy, her mom came down and stayed for a week. It was just the support system. And then she is 
staying with us until she starts her job, which she has been promised. She's just going through the security clearances right now. Okay. About the middle of March. So she helps out with the kids. So a lot of family, if you can't depend on family, it's probably going to be a lot harder. But if you can make those preparations with family knows what's going on and make sure that you do everything that you need to do, your support system is probably going to be one of the biggest things that affects how you react after the passing of a loved one. Okay. My personal feelings. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's how we prepared. Um, okay. We knew it was going to happen. So we made plans to go travel. We made plans to spend time together, which we did up to the point where we could, but the after the fact stuff is also what you need to prepare for. You mm-hmm. got to accept that reality. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, it's it's not that it's a secret or it's not at that point you it's something you have to start planning for because it's yep. it's it's one of those things that's that's blatantly right there in your face you have to know yep. that it's coming so let's talk about the aftermath of the <laughs> loss if you don't mind okay no i don't mind to the extent that you're comfortable okay yeah. um how did it personally affect you mentally emotionally what was <laughs> what was the aftermath for chris so let, let me start with this is how fast it happened. Sure. The week before we got the news that it was pretty much terminal before she passed, but they were going to look into seeing if there was anything else out there. Okay. It's just nothing was working. Wendy was down to 109. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. She had a colostomy bag. She had two infrostomy tubes, you know, for her kidneys, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the cancer had metastasized on kidneys and metastasized in her lungs. It was going up her throat. It was, you know, I mean, we're talking, she was getting these just terrible pains in her leg. Um, and so, but then we went back and they said that her stamina, everything, it just wasn't high enough for us to even try experimental stuff. They couldn't because it would have just killed her anyway. Mm. Little did we know how much time we had. So Wendy was going to fight. They told us weeks, maybe a month, two months. Wendy wanted to make it to Christmas. That Friday, no, she passed away the following Sunday, that very next Sunday. We're talking Friday, Saturday morning. She didn't feel right. I started calling family over. Um, I don't know if anybody's religious, but, (laughs) you know, or if if people understand, but, you know, the LDS religion, they believe in the priesthood, they believe in that, all this stuff. So, and she asked me for a blessing and I laid my hands on her head to give her a blessing. And I remember this image I got, whether you want, I just know that I saw Wendy, but I saw my wedding day, Wendy. Mm -hmm. Excuse me for a sec. Take your time. Yeah. Just, I saw her walking away from me to an individual that had his hands open and he gave her a hug and then turned her around. And I remember these things saying, you know, it's not your time yet, but soon I'll give you the strength to do the one last thing you need to do. And I knew it wasn't, she wasn't going to make it. I knew she wasn't going to make it past the weekend. 
Okay. Um, just, just, I guess if you're spiritual, you understand. If not, you can call it intuition, you know, wh however you want to call it. Sure. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I watched my wife for the first time in a month and a half actually have more strength than what she normally has because she was on full-time oxygen and everything. And she sat up in that bed and she joked and laughed with her family as her family came over. Um, and she just talked and I have these pictures, my son, she, and the one thing she did for the last month, two months is she gave my son her phone and my son just took videos and cameras from his perspective. So I have these wonderful videos of Wendy that my son just took these of his perspective, just these random everyday videos that you wouldn't even think about that I've got on USB drives now in their special treasure boxes and stuff, you know? Um, and she did this and then about, and then at seven o'clock that night, she looked over at me and she goes, she, she told me, we started having a talk and everybody else was in the room and she goes, you're not allowed to pick the next person that you're going to be with. I will do that for you because not anybody's going to raise my kids. And then she said, have patience with our kids. And uh, she would always be around. <laughs> she, told me she, loved, she told me she loved me. And just that I hold her so for the next 26 hours I held her in our bed while we put her on the hospice drugs and I have especially with the time of COVID sorry um, oh you're fine I, I actually held her in my arms as she passed away in the very position that I held her for eight and a half years of our marriage in our bed, the best comfortable way I knew how. Okay. And I made her that promise that I would not let her pass alone. And that is probably by far the hardest thing that I've ever done. But at the same time, the most selfless thing I've ever done for my wife because of how hard it is to watch a loved one pass alone, but have them pass away in your arms. And the yeah. good thing about it is I had about, I don't know, 38 to 45 people in my house at the time in the living room, stuff like that. And everybody was kicked out except for Lane. Lane is one of my brother-in-law. Mm -hmm. And he helped turn Wendy around in those last few moments. And once she got comfortable, uh, her breathing got shallow, her heart started pumping less and less the heartbeat started fading and it wasn't but two or three minutes after she was in her position that I've always held her that she passed away 
So but she made sure that before she passed that everybody that she was going to say goodbye to was at least there, whether she was on the drugs for the hospice or not. And her two closest friends in the world had got the news and they were out of town and they rushed back. And the minute that they showed up and they had their 10 to 15 minutes to say goodbye to Wendy and she was responding the best way she could hear them. You could tell she could hear them, but she was on the hospice drugs and the minute that they said their goodbyes, it wasn't but five minutes that she passed. So, <laughs> yeah. And <You're>, she, <laughs> your wife sounds like an amazingly loved woman. She, you know, whether you believe in soulmates or not, I honestly believe that woman was put on this earth for me. I and, tend to. Because of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what I would do without my wife. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Your, your story, it's, it's, it's very emotional and very, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard one to listen. And I will be honest with you uh, and everyone who's listening. Um, I think this is the first time I've cried during an interview. <laughs> um, it's very emotional. And yeah. I respect the world out of you for, for being willing to come on and talk about this and, and share your story. Um, well, I, I, I believe, here's what I believe. And it's one of the reasons that I'm so open about it on the TikTok platform. Um, I know how dark of a place that depression hole is after you lose somebody. I know where my thoughts went. I know exactly where my thoughts went. And it was almost to the point of, I was probably a few minutes away from calling my dad to come get my gun. Okay. That's how much I missed my wife. Um, so if I can share my story and somebody can watch the progression of, it's not a fix. When you lose somebody that you love, you don't, fix them you don't want to be fixed it's because it's who you are this person built helped build you to that point and you should never get rid of that um no they're part of you yeah so it's never a fix but the progression of i don't know if i want to use healing but acceptance managing your loss okay. i probably would say is the best way to put it you, you learn to manage it you learn to accept certain things you learn how to keep moving forward one step at a time um so if i could put that story out there and somebody else who is probably a little bit further gone than i was maybe a little bit deeper down that hole sure would know that they're not alone um and just save this world from losing somebody else, just one person, then all the hate, all the toxicity, all the backlash that I would get from putting that story out there makes it worth it. That's beautiful. I like that. Okay. So let me ask you a couple questions that I like to ask every single person who's, who's ever okay. sat in the hot seat that you're sitting in. Okay. Um, looking back over your experiences, okay. what, 
single greatest lesson you've learned? Are you talking about, so let me just clarify, are we talking about the loss of my life, my wife? Sorry. Sure. We, it could be that. It could be your life. It could be the loss of your life. It could okay, be, so, you know, anything, anything up to this point, what's the single greatest lesson you've learned when you look back on your life? Do not take advantage. Do not just get comfortable with how things are. Take advantage of every moment that you have. Um, if I had not decided to go to school and had such a huge thing and just devote my time to going to school and being with my family, I would not have been able to be in the position that I was when we found out that Wendy got cancer. Okay. Um, take advantage of every moment that you have with a loved one because I had... So at my wife's viewing, I had the pleasure to meet this beautiful woman. And I, I'm, she was just this wonderful spirit who had lost her husband four years earlier to a motorcycle accident. Okay. Um, and it helped me realize something as I thought about it. I got to say goodbye to my wife. Oh, I yeah. got to make the plans that I made in preparation for the day that my wife would pass away. So I had three years of just taking advantage of every moment that I had with my wife because I knew it was going to happen. Sure. This woman was on the phone with her husband 20 minutes earlier talking about what can, what, what do you want me to make for dinner? Yeah. Just, and then nothing. Yeah. And then nothing. So live honestly, Take advantage of those moments with your family, with your friends. Like, you don't know if you're going to see them tomorrow because there's people out there that won't. And there's people out there that don't. And it took an awakening for me when we realized she had the cancer that she had. And there was a 50-50 chance that she might make it to five years. And in my wife's case, 100% chance that she wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um. Don't take, don't take advantage of those moments or, or take advantage of those moments. Don't just get comfortable. Don't yeah. talk, create the memories. Even if, if you don't have money, it costs nothing to hold her hand and take a walk. Agreed. Agreed. So that would be the biggest lesson that I could pass on. I think that's good. Okay. All right. Here's the next one. And it's, it's closely akin to the first one. Okay. Okay. So, what through all your lessons in life, what has been the single greatest piece of advice that you've been given that helps you to be focused on forward? <laughs> life is not always fair, but do not, and I will reiterate, do not let that stop you. Okay. If you want something, work at it. It may not end up the way that you want it, but when you're done, you will still have learned a lesson. Okay. I like that so, too. Yep. All right. So some solid advice on both parts, both yep. on your life lesson and the advice that you've been given. <laughs> now, yeah. Chris, I want people to be able to find you on TikTok and, and see, because we, we've kind of, we've kind of talked uh, loosely about you being on TikTok and we've, We've talked about you sharing your story out on TikTok. And, and guys, 
um, he has an amazing way of talking about his wife and he goes into great detail about his wife. Um, and it's, it, it's beautiful. The amount of love that you have for her. And, and, uh, I love that you call her my Wendy. That's yeah. Well, there's no lie. other way to put it. Not gonna lie. That's kind of cool. Um, so, but I want people to be able to go out and find you uh, on TikTok. And so, what's what's your user uh, bleh, what's your user handle there, so that people can look you up and uh, follow you and make sure make sure that you you know that your account's getting the love that it needs. So I actually have two accounts, and okay. the only reason is is the second one is to save the original name that I was under. So the original name that I was under was Psychotic Lurch. That's an old high school name. That's a story <laughs> for another time. Um, so I'm a big time geek. I'm a big, I, I love gaming. I love, I love the outdoors. I love camping. I love going to the gun range, but I also love anime and comic books. And, you know, people couldn't believe that there's a 44 year old person out there that actually loves this. And mm -hmm. I'm very loud spoken about it. So my tag that I have is official anime pop. It's okay. official dot anime dot pop. Okay. So if you want to find me, that's how it is. All right. And I think that's the account that I found you on. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So, guys, go out and, and check out Chris's uh, uh, TikTok content. You'll see a lot more of this story and information, and you'll see uh, a whole lot more about Chris and about what he likes and what he's involved in. And and uh, Chris, I first off, my deepest condolences for your loss. Uh, and uh, and secondly. I wish the best for you and your children. I, I, I respect you uh, for the openness with which you share this story. And I hope that your story um, is able to touch, even if it just touches one person, you know, and, and helps them to see that this is not, uh, unfortunately, this is not an uncommon story. No, and, and that, uh, you know, hopefully uh, somebody hears this and goes, you know what, I want to, I want to donate to the American Cancer Society and you know and, and and you know help help them find a, a cure for this would be an amazing an amazing amazing thing so thank you so much for being unfocused on forward today i can't thank you enough i'd like to keep thanking you for the rest of the afternoon if i could but that was just going to get awkward in about five minutes but <laughs> thank you for having me i mean i'm glad to tell the story i really am you know and then on top of that just so people know is the drive forward and not everybody has it, but I have two beautiful little kids that need their dad. So I have to keep just putting one step in front of the other. So. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, best wishes to you and yours, sir. And thank you for being on focused on forward. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's going to end us today. Thank you for tuning in and be sure to catch us next time on focused on forward. Well, that concludes another episode of focused on forward. To be a guest of Focused On Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at PodcastFOF, through our Facebook page named Focused On Forward, or through email, focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay Focused On Forward.